This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3566, for Monday, the 4th of April, 2022. Today's show is entitled, HPR Community News for March 2022. It is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 91 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is... Dave and Ken talk about shows released and comments posted in March 2022. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. This week, HBR Community News for March 2022. Joining me this evening is... Hello, it's Dave Morris from uh, sunny Edinburgh, would you believe? It's a uh, feckin' freezing here in the Netherlands, just for your information. <laughs> Yeah, we've had that as well. We've had warnings of ice and snow and stuff, but it's clear and bright just now. Cool. We had a lovely week, but uh, last night it was absolutely freezing, literally and figuratively. Anyway, um, we're going to plot on. We've got a lot to cover today. Completely nothing controversial whatsoever in the show. So uh, <laughs> actually, that's not true. Stick to the end for more information on that. But HBR Community News is where... We discussed the goings-on in and around the HPR community, and there are some policy changes possibly in the pipeline as a result of some stuff this month. But as we always do, Dave, uh, first of all, HPR is a community podcast network who is dedicated to sharing knowledge, and we accept contributions from pretty much our listeners. In fact, you don't even have to be our listeners to send us in a contribution. So there you go. And... Dave, can you introduce the new horse, please? Well, I can't do a sound effect of tumbleweed, because that would be the, the right sound effect. Because there aren't any wah, this month, wah, sadly. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I think I think we've got some coming next month, so it's something to look forward to. Excellent. Okay, so what we do with this with this show uh, is we make sure that every uh, every show, that's repeating the word show, we want to show people that their shows are being listened to, so we go through every show in this show, starting with The Worst Car I Ever Had by Biza. What an excellent, interesting concept that was. Absolutely, yes, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was quite an interesting tale for a start and a great topic. I'm really tempted to follow his lead and, and do... I'm sure we've all had really, really yeah. horrible yeah. cars. So yeah, good exactly. Do. So that's... if you. Got a horrible car. Uh, if you had an experience of, of your worst car, it's have a listen to the show and uh, you get the idea of... Oh, I don't need to explain it to you, but it, I think it's a, make a nice series for people. Uh, the following day, we had idle thoughts on web browsers and a call for your own on the same. This was an interesting idea by uh, DNT and uh, he... Um, Put up a matrix channel that you could uh, join and leave a voice message. So I don't know that's if that's still idea. up. Yeah, it is still up. Yes, yes, and he's had uh, he's had one contribution as far, as far as I'm aware. But uh, yeah, I looked at it and thought, oh, I must, I must, and then of course I didn't. I want to um, the show that contribution is coming up shortly, so I'd like to have a listen to that, and then um, perhaps I can also. Give some thoughts. Not that I particularly have anything worth saying about web browsers, but uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yep, good. 
No Good comments idea, on either of those shows. No. Now, this is an interesting, uh, the next one, also no comments by Andrew, where uh, he went through <laughs> he went through his show starting with the best mic that he had and working his way down to, oh my God, brutal uh, microphone. The last one was, uh, if he had sent in the show with the last one, I would have been going, uh, does this fall under our, uh, is it audible? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting he did that because I, I thought that that might be a, a workable thing to do in s- certain contexts, but it sound, sounds like it's not at all. Well, we, that's the sort of one that um, I normally would take and uh, send it off to be uh, pre-processed using, um, what was that place? I have an account with, uh, let me just see. We'll do a truncate silence here, Dave. Yeah. Auphonic, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C. And, I, I was uh, nearly if, there. I was yeah, going to call it audiophonic or something. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you checked. Yeah, so I have a few hours there that uh, every year there's always one or two shows that uh, benefit from that treatment. So don't worry about it, but <laughs> moral of the story, if you have a Blue Yeti, use that. You know, <laughs> Just because we <laughs> accept any audio doesn't mean we want your crap audio. <laughs> Uh, if you can do better, always try and send the best you have. But actually, this was a this is a good thing to do. If you, if you have a few mics at home, feel free to send in a show like this because um, even it, it will also give you an idea of uh, what we get when we take it through the HBR uh, workflow. Then you get a good idea. Um, as to is that audio good enough? Is it worth spending the extra five hundred dollars? And I'm not really seeing a huge big difference when it goes through our pipeline. So a good show. I think somebody else has a show in the queue as well about uh, going through their microphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great show. A really good idea. Thank you, Andrew. Ah, yes, and the coffee heads are out. Uh, Archer seventy two. Uh, how I make coffee? Making coffee podcast. Yes, excellent. Bun model. I like the photos, actually. It helps. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a great advocate of, of photos. So, uh, yeah, and these uh, these are certainly looking good. Uh, thumb, yeah, thumbnails, this one, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. you can click on it to see what it looks like in full glory. Mike, bearing in mind that not all of us have the... Uh, are lucky enough to have uh, the ability to look at the photos. So when you are putting in your show, your show needs to be freestanding, independent, as this show was. And last month, yeah, so the next show we have is the HPR Community News for February 20, uh, basically this show last month. You get the idea. So DNT says, uh, do you want to do the comment or shall I? Uh, I can do it. Yeah, Far <laughs> just hesitating, uh, getting down to. It. I was I was caught up in the show itself. So DNT says, "Thank you, thank you for generously doing these shows. It makes a difference to contributors to the extent that it confirms to us that we exist." I look forward to listening. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a very good point. Very good point. Also, yeah, it's important. Th- Go on. Sorry. I think uh, if you are a listener to HBR and you. you Recording a podcast is of no interest to you. You can definitely help by, you know, just giving a thumbs up on some of these, uh, just giving a comment 
uh, on some of these shows just so that if you like the show, take the two minutes to just type your name, title, and the comment. Send it in. Yeah, absolutely. No, it carry on, for carry a on with the comment. Counts for a great deal, doesn't it? Because uh, if you've thrown something into the into the HBR queue and then it comes up and you think, oh, I wonder if anybody, oh, nobody else commented on it. Oh, they must have hated it. And, it's the only kind of conclusion, Dave. <laughs> it's a natural. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It depends how paranoid you are. Yeah. Anyway, continuing with DNT's comment, he says, also, it's important to hear feedback. For example, after listening to this, I've cancelled plans to do to do to that Wikipedia article with all the porridge linked under that monstrosity of a show about porridge. <laughs> I think he's making a comment about the porridge show. Uh, yeah, what Klaatu has done in his own podcast to another list of interest to hackers. <laughs> yes, that's a convoluted sentence. Well, it was in my mind. Anyway. Alas, it was going to cover a lot of slots. On to something else then. Oh, yes. Dave, 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 Dave. <laughs> that sense of humour is, uh, is is pretty good. Excellent. <laughs> Following day, some guy on the internet, uh, password managers, very, very, very good show. Some guy on the internet pulls down interesting, uh, interesting shows. Very, very great. Very different take on the whole world. Uh, yes. like the idea yeah. of the keys that he has as well, and uh, hardware keys. Mm. I, uh, yeah, I, I claim to be a bit paranoid about security myself, but haven't gone that far yet. Maybe I should. Well, yeah, I've often thought of doing it, never done it, and uh, I don't really know why. You know, it's just inertia, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a that's a good prompt. So, also another show with no comments. Um, Make a custom git command, and this was a uh, Tlatu one had to be. And um, basically, you could do, you could have like a git dash space hpr if you wanted, and uh, and incorporate that into the git subsystems. Very cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. No, I didn't realize there was quite that flexibility. I've just got onto a a groove where I, I use Git in a particular way and that, that's yeah, the end yeah. of the story as far as I'm concerned. But Senior, yeah. it's, it's good to, it's good to uh, have a heads up, say, there's there's better ways of doing it. Uh, Gartu's obviously doing loads of stuff with Git on a daily basis, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it will, will have improved his, uh, his his perception of it all. But, yeah, good, excellent. Yeah. I must say I'm a bit religious with uh, Git in, insofar as I go in and say the words, but I'm not really sure what they mean. Well, precisely, yeah, yeah. It, same here. It's um, sometimes I need to go a little bit off that uh, beaten track, and then I get really worried that I'm going to screw something up. And I have done a few times. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 because it is a fairly thorny process to to get through. It's so, uh, but well, at least in my mind, it is. But still, it it if you don't uh, foray around a bit and, and and discover what it can do. Then you'll never find out, will you? So no, good message that. No, good stuff. Uh, following day, somebody else using Git and static site generators. This was a requested show by the Linux in-laws, by me to the Linux in-laws about uh, how they publish their website, and uh, yeah, it's uh, quite interesting. Just haven't yeah. had time to run through it, but then again. I will get to it at some point. Mm-hmm. TM. I've, yep. I have just listened, but not fully 
absorbed. I have looked briefly at Hugo in the past, but not uh, not for a while. So it's a good prompt to uh, to go and have a look at look at how how you would do things with it. So yeah, excellent, really useful. Yeah, the thing about HVR, it's kind of a backwards sort of. Uh, it's not really a CMS we have because the CMS is already done by the host. It's more an organization of these HTML pages that we want to integrate into our subsystem. So do do we even need a CMS? Is it just sufficient to pop it into Git and then throw a web server at the front? That's kind of where I am with this, and I just need time to think about it. So yeah, if your thoughts, give us a shout. Or if you don't know what I'm on about, the point is we would like to get to a point where our entire everything that's sent in is available in Git, so anybody anywhere can check it out, and you have access to the at least all the metadata, the web, the the website, any information that's on the website, any information from the show notes, and that you would have a link to a um, the Internet Archive or possibly some other peer uh, supported media the idea being that um, if the hpr website is only inaccessible for some reason that you have your own copy somewhere else that you can uh, that you can serve out for us mm-hmm. i was listening to um somebody who had done her phd thesis based with all of the the dissertation in git and mm-hmm. um she had said that because she had quite a lot of uh, Large files um, that Git itself was not 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 no, enough. No, no, no. And you need no. something like Git and Annex to, uh, to to deal with it. So yeah, there's uh, loads of uh, loads of solutions for that. But I mean, it's, we have a hyperlink, so the hyperlink can go to like PeerTube or or the Internet Archive or somewhere else, and that's fine. It's mm-hmm. uh, and actually we can point people to ursync.net who are kindly hosting our stuff for us. So you can pull it down from there and basically run a nursing job every day and you get the media as well. So get, you know, uh, have uh, get, get cl- or get clone or get pull over day and then have a uh, second job, second part of that that would have, um, what do they call them, a trigger. Once you do that, that it would also pull down a nursing, run a nursing job and pull down the actual media files. So then you get the full Monty. So that, that's the goal. Cool. And then we would have a small, um, just a small database that controls the, the upload process more for uh, um, the reservations table so that we have a unique place for, um, you know, requesting a show and stuff. But anyway, get to that. Following day, Ahuka with format, copy, disk copy, and X copy. Oh, man, X copy. The amount of times they use that. In the old days, yeah. <laughs> and now I compare it to find, and I think, what was I doing? <laughs> yes, yes. This, this is why I don't want to go backwards with to these things. No, uh, no, but... <laughs> I, that's why I struggle when I uh, when I see people. Uh, I, I appreciate it. I get it. It's an important role, you know, the vintage computers and stuff. Was uh, the nostalgia for it? No, no. We're 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 done. We've moved on. It's nice to be able to have that knowledge at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's all part of the the context of where we are now. So it's important to uh, to be aware of it and and have 
you know, place where you go and refer to it and so on. But, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't personally wish to go back and tinker about in that area. (laughs) (laughs) Next day, you had a show called uh, Bash Snippets, Some Possibly Useful Hints. I don't know what you're doing there with your uh, thing. You had two comments. I'll do the first one because the second one is your response. Some guy on the internet says, Bash for the win. Hello, Dave. How are you? I love the show. Bash can be very simple and crazy complex depending on your needs. I haven't used the eval, uh, double quote eval thing yet, but now I have a reason to use it. Piping text from a file into a script to create commands sounds fun and scary. So I'll be experimenting on a Raspberry Pi so I don't end up the night crying while restoring from a backup again. Thanks for the show. So I replied to that. Hi, S-G-O-T-I, <laughs> as it tends to be called. Um, I appreciate the feedback. You said, yes, Bash has a lot of power and can be used for many things. You are right. A Raspberry Pi is a great test bed. I use them often. Hope you found the show useful. Let us know if you find better ways of doing these types of things. Best wishes, Dave. And the following day, we had unboxing the Pine development kit where uh, Rowan had a much better, much, much better uh, time of it with Pine stuff than I did. Uh, There's one comment uh, from, again, from some guy on the internet. Development on Pine time. Are you developing apps on the Pine time? Are you planning any development apps or system resources from for the Pine Time? I like hearing about devices, but I don't know where to start if I purchased one. And what's the end game? It is supposed to be for development only, or can I one day replace my Apple Watch? Questions. Good show. I'd love to hear more about your work and the Pine Time. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a very interesting show. I, I didn't really know much about the Pine Time. It looks like it's, it's not going to be absolutely stuffed with features, although as development continues, maybe more and more stuff will, will arrive. But it uh, be quite a useful thing to have. as a. You just I would just buy the, the plain watch, um, which is about £25, I think, mm-hmm. when I look. So it's not massively expensive. And, uh, yeah, to tell the time. Yep, yep. Having things that tell the time is often good, yep. So, following day, some guy on the internet submitted a show, and that was Freedom of Speech in Open Sports. Is it free speech if you have to leave? Uh, examining the difference between freedom and free of cost. So I'll do two of Trey's comments, shall I? Great intro. Love the anima- automated voice intro in this one. Much easier to understand when listening at 1.5x speed. And then Trey goes on to say, important topic. Some guy in the internet, this is a very important topic. It's challenging to balance freedom of expression among a diverse group of users with different social and moral frameworks. We often forget that in the United States, government supports freedom of public speech also within certain guidelines, but organizations may impose their own restrictions on the platforms they own and administer. Their choices are then influenced by their customers' choices to continue to do business with them or leave. Thank you for sharing. I look forward to your next amazing podcast. Good comment. 
So Beezer says, free speech. Hi, some guy. Um, a great episode. Yeah, I think we're going to have to um, shorten the name to some guy. <laughs> People in a Matrix Center, I'm not sure if he uses S-G-O-T-I. Scotty. Uh, himself, actually. <laughs> yeah, Scotty. <laughs> anyway, he says, a great episode, raising excellent points, but I feel the crux of the issues you raise is courtesy and dignity rather than free speech per se. Couldn't agree more. Free, Go on. <laughs> free, free, yeah. free speech generally refers to the ideas you're expressing. How you express them is where courtesy comes in. There's a world of difference between if you look at the online manuals, you should find the invasion that will solve your problem and RTFM. You'll probably be aware of the controversy about Richard Stallman's ejection from the FSF and subsequent readmission. This was the result of his expressing what most people felt were distasteful ideas. Very little what followed was criticism of RMS's views based on rational level-headed argument. It was all about personal insult and trying to shut RMS down, saying he shouldn't have expressed his views. There was no respect of his right of free speech. Much as I similarly rejected most of what RMS had said, the episode demonstrated to me that even in the world of free culture we claim to su- that we claim to support, the adherence to the right of true free speech is as tenuous and conditional as it is in wider society. I've asked many questions on free software forums over the years and generally found nothing but help and courtesy. However, every now and then I've come across respondents whose primary aim is to show how clever they are and to belittle my relative lack of knowledge. They are the people who give Floss a bad image. On the plus side, though, in the same way as you, me and everyone else have come to realise that these jerks don't represent the majority. I think most... um, I think most newbies will as well, provided they don't encounter one on their first ever request for help. That is the hope. That is the hope. Uh, my comment, my thoughts. Hi, Scotty. Scotty. Thanks for the thought-provoking show. I have a few observations, if I may. These are my personal comments, uh, by the way, not uh, those of HPR or the janitorial staff in general. Anyway. The show focused on the concept of free speech from a US-centric perspective. It's important to remember that other democratic countries have their own laws relating to freedom of speech, and I give a link. Having time to consider your points, I feel it fair to say that the Linux Foundation should be running Linux on their computers. Would Steve Jobs be seen in front of a Windows computer? Or Bill Gates in front of a Mac? It's just bad business to not be seen to be running your own products. I'm correcting the spelling and grammar as I go here, by the way. (laughs) Furthermore, and this is important, and I wanted to do a show about this, but it gets so worked up, I don't. Furthermore, the, ah, sure, Mac is Unix ideology is dangerous and can be shown to be damaging to the community by focusing people on convenience over moral values. Case in point. Despite the fact that so many Linux developers run MacBooks, it is still one of the most unsupported platforms out there. I tried to get Linux to run on a MacBook that has the same specs and released it as my Dell laptop. While there are many issues with Dell that have been fixed over the years, it's still not possible to get the MacBook to run Linux. This is a direct quote from the developer I asked for help. And I quote, I actually gave up on Fedora on my backbook. There are too many things broken. 
Wi-Fi, audio, and webcam. I also do not agree that we should welcome developers of closed or even open core applications. This is akin to McDonald's expecting a warm welcome in a vegan club because they put lettuce on a Big Mac. Developers and their communities have a right to believe in free Libra and open source software, the commons and related views. It is valid that they should not be welcoming with open arms development that run against that belief, provided, of course, that is done with courtesy. Wow, that's fighting words. <laughs> Indeed. So, Jez but this is a good comments. example of a show. Oh, no. I hope I'm not being disrespectful to anybody with this, but this is a good example of producing a show that's thought-provoking and encourages discussion. Love it. Very much love it. And mm-hmm. I, I like all the comments so far into this. And I hope mine hasn't offended anybody. I wouldn't say so personally, but there we go. Jezra says, the show. The Linux Foundation is a 501c6 non-profit trade association. Their purpose is to help members use Linux to increase profits. The promotion of desktop Linux is not a priority of the foundation. The Steam Deck will use Arch Linux because it's cheaper to use Linux than it is to pay licensing fees for a proprietary OS. Using a high-quality rolling release Linux is also cheaper than writing one's own OS. In this regard, Valve is standing on the shoulders of the devs who have put decades of work into making Arch what it is today. The Arch community owes absolutely nothing to Valve, and without Linux, Valve wouldn't have a product to sell. That's... Yeah, points indeed. One. Yeah, a very interesting way of uh, putting it. I'd never quite thought of it in that in that way. That's good. Uh, guide to science technology section of BitChute, and uh, this is Mechatronic Metatronic. I butchered this handle on several occasions, so I continue <laughs> in the in the fine tradition. Dave, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> it's Mechatroniac. 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 That's cool. Mechatroniac. Uh, Yeah, good. I've been thinking we need to put our shows up in BitChute, actually. Just as Mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Didn't know much about it. It was quite useful to hear. Yeah. I know the EV blog puts their stuff up there, as you mentioned in the show. DMT says that motor, that banging motor thing, grassroots mechanic movement in your show notes was pretty great. I've had never seen anything like that. Thanks for sharing. (laughs) So popcorn episode one, the fallacy of the unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics in the ETC. Black Colonel tries an off the cuff with mixed results. Is this this is the one where he's this is the one that I requested him to do, isn't it? Just one second. Um, we we said um, you forgot your show notes or something to that effect. Um, any chance of have, having some notes? And he said he was he uh, the off the cuff was great because he had the time to do it, but he um, he didn't have time to do the notes. But he's going to follow up with them. But for this one and the second one, I think he he meant. So uh, we'll hopefully get some. Something to add to this show a bit later on. Is that the question you were asking me? Yeah. Hello? I didn't have push to talk on. What did you hear last? <laughs> um, me talking, I think. 
Okay. Uh, this, I think, is the one about the Matt's episode where he's commenting about... Uh, I posted the comment... He posted the comments about Matt's and programming, and I got into a discussion with him and then got tired of it and said, post a show to HBR, never for a moment expecting him to actually do that. He did it, and now I end up having to do a show myself. So... That kind of backfired. <laughs> yes, yes. I uh, yeah, I, I was floundering a bit listening to this. So it was one of those that I just need to listen to several times to to absorb. But yeah, um, yeah good for him for doing it. No, I it's, it, it's good. Yet. Let's have a. I actually think yeah, if you are having a debate on uh, you know for a laugh, and this is this is really for a laugh, then why not have it on HBR as a as a platform for having it? <laughs> Get yeah, people. Sure talking and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Takov751, and I think it was uh, Takov who prompted me to do this text-to-speech thing. Isn't that correct? I, I don't I don't recall, to be honest with you, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, I need to dig it back, but anyway, they put together a few uh, samples of the best speech and I think the recommendation is the one that we have now anyway so oddly enough in a weird I, I was I had been working on the on updating the text to speech thing but I didn't want to do it until I had time to get my wife to re-record the outro and as a result of that uh, when I got that then I did the I uh, changed the script that I use for processing the shows to set up or to use a Docker container to run the text to speech thing, which is excellent actually. And uh, oddly enough, this was the first show that I encoded using the new, uh, the new voices at the beginning. So that's kind of cool. Very good. Yeah. It's always much, much improved. Uh, It, um, you remember back in the day we used to, uh, do different spellings of people's names yeah, so yeah. that um, e-speak would, wouldn't would make a whole mess of them. I don't know, does this, can we do the same with this? Because yeah. um, there are a few few glitches I noticed. Not, not, I mean, this, the voice itself is great, but um, taking people's handles and turning them into something meaningful can be a bit of a struggle for these, yeah. these bits yeah. of software. The thing about it is that I have taken the executive decision, Dave, not to, when I notice that, I then, going forward, change the database so that it won't get butchered. But everybody will be guaranteed to have their first one butchered, and then I'll fix it. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm not going okay. back yeah. to them all. It's because I've already done she's that. butchering. Yeah, because well, I had to change it for eSpeak, and then when we went to the to Lynn Festival, then I had to change them again. And now with this uh, text to speech, I need to change them yet again. So each of them have <laughs> a different way of approaching it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to actually have the thing available to you and feed it. Yeah. The, the, to see whether it still butchers after you've changed the the text. Yeah. Okay. Now understood. Okay, a short story about Lenovo and laptop batteries, and this is uh, by a folky who is uh, an old uh, host from Days of Yore, back with a very good tip about uh, replacement batteries for Lenovo laptops. Yeah, I didn't know anything about this sort of stuff. I didn't realize that uh, batteries were potentially quite sneaky things. 
I was, uh, yeah, I, and I always get an immense amount of joy when somebody uh, is able to get around this sort of stupid uh, uh, locking. I really, in my personal opinion, really find this uh, abhorrent at many levels, not not just the lack, the inability to recycle and reuse um, and putting digital restrictions on physical devices. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started. It's, it's an obscenity. Absolutely. Yes. Shall I do the comment? Um, Please do so. From some guy on the internet. Thank you, he says. I've always heard great things about ThinkPads and Linux. No one I've heard ever shared a negative opinion about ThinkPads, just the usual. It's built like a tank yeah, state. Exactly. Now that you've spoken the truth about the ThinkPad, will you go into hiding? I'm joking, but thank you for the truth. It is difficult to tell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a great comment. I like that. Very, very nice. Ducatoro talks about how she's learning Haskell. And good. Uh, this is a good uh, episode, actually, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's always good to get a kickoff point. And I wasn't aware that um, she's so relatively new to Haskell. When you, when you hear her talking, you think, oh, my God, this person's been, you know, born with a Haskell book in one hand and... Uh, and a processor in the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that sets it in context because it's hard to um, judge a person's um, level of level of skill. I guess you you'd say mm-hmm. just based on you know a demonstration of the skills they have. You think, wow, guru level, and it's. Uh, <laughs> She's already a guru level. Can you imagine yes. what this is going to be like when she knows the language? Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's, Haskell it's quite impressive. It's not for me. <clears throat> I have um, tried the Learn You a Haskell uh, book. Uh-huh. I've got, got a, a copy of it somewhere. But um, I did not find that easy at all. In fact, I gave up. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about determination, I think, and uh, having an open mind. And I'm I'm not. I'm obviously not very determined. Nor that neither do I have an open mind. <laughs> Shall I do uh, some guy on the internet? Kate. Nicely done. Thank you for the show. I never used Haskell, but I have a book from Learn You a Haskell. Great site. Love the sun image. So so often podcasts will recommend something, but will not link to any resources. You've given us so much additional information we can use to learn more about this language. Thank thank you, and please do more shows on Haskell. Example, compiling code and testing debugging your code. Reply from Tuturto. Good idea. Thanks for the idea, some guy on the internet. I do have an episode about testing in Haskell. There's a link to it, show 2948. My debugging skills are non-existent. It's basically either staring at the code with a stern expression or sprinkling lots of prints (laughs) all around the places I suspect might be faulty. Really should learn some basic debugging skills, I think. (laughs) The following day, we had the ZigFrame project. And this was another one where the Linux outlaw, Linux in-laws, made me look intelligent in work. Where I was able to bring, we're thinking of doing this in Rust. Have you considered Zig? <laughs> what the hell is Zig? Well, what you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. I like that. Yes. Well, yes. I always give them the link to the shows, so there should be yeah. at least a few people listening to this one from from us. Yeah, good. No, it sounded interesting. Um, 
I had no real knowledge of it. I looked at Rust briefly Never heard of it and Cargo no. and stuff, but I don't I don't know anything about uh, um, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know anything about this language. Lairables in the GIMP. C LCH component modes. This is from Ahuka. It is about the GIMP. And this is about layer modes. It is well worth your while um, learning this, as I said before, and I'll say it again. If you're using any graphical tool on any platform, this is a useful series to be following. Go back to episode one, download them all, read the accompanying show notes on his uh, own blog under hookah.com uh, forward slash GIMP, and you get them all there. Well worth a listen. Absolutely. Good stuff. <clears throat> the next day was employment security, phone systems in the state of Illinois. This was uh, kind of a, how was this? Uh, soundscape, I guess, of a phone system where you need to ring up to get um, unemployment um, and all the menus you need to go through. I found it interesting. Maybe there was too much. <laughs> Too much information in the in the speech system, I guess, it would be annoying if you had to pay for it. If it wasn't a free phone number, it would be exceptionally annoying. But uh, it was very long long winded. But uh, it also, after listening to it, you had a good understanding of how unemployment works in the state of Illinois. Ooh. Yes, yes, it's really really depressing thought. You have to wade through that that awful pile of uh, expletive deleted. Yes, I um, I it was around about the time I was trying to phone my local medical centre, and they they're pretty good. They they yeah. will come come back. They put you on hold. You know, you click one to get an appointment, and so I do that. But then they play this music, oh. which just goes on and on and on. And later on that day, I found my brain was actually playing back the music to me. And and I can't get it out of my head as one of the <laughs> yeah I know that that I mean there should be a law against that it really should it was it wasn't uh, it was like classical or it was some horrible little tinkly bit tune type thing. yeah I know that uh, places deliberately put on uh, annoying hold music to get people to to hang up <laughs> yeah but literally yeah. that's a, that is a policy. Um, what I find annoying is where they've got loud music and then suddenly it goes quiet and then you hear like somebody rumbling for a mic and then it goes, your call is important to us. Please hold. <laughs> oh, yes, is yes. that you? Oh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> and then two yes. seconds later, oh, is that you? No, it's not. Uh, yeah, they, but they did a, used to have that on, on yeah. the, the medical centre thing. I think somebody must have shouted at them a lot or several people shouted at them and said for god's sake don't do that and so it yeah, doesn't do yeah. that anymore but this incessant tune <laughs> no uh, there's a few websites here in the netherlands that will give you that you can go to and they will give you the direct phone number for each of the you know the options so if you have to go to local council and you need to get to the uh, driver's license section and you want to directly speak to a person they'll give you the you've called this number you hit two four eight three two one one zero hash and you get through so they have to do that for all the energy companies and anybody that you'd want to be talking to that's mm. quite cool uh, yes yes well absolutely fight the system i say definitely 
And another one from Tukutoro, Haskell and Stack. Uh, this is a cross-platform program for developing Haskell projects that features uh, installing GHC automatically, installing packages, building your project, testing, and benchmarking. So it's quite, uh, I think, following on from their uh, um, from her uh, how to get started in Haskell. So this is quite cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some some practical um, advice on how you would start a project with an example project to uh, to play with. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, cool. More on coffee roasting, Dave. These coffee roasters are taking over our show. This case, it's DNT, and it's part of the series Coffee Roasting. And Tukutoruto says, very interesting. This is very interesting to listen to. So interesting, actually, that I'm wondering if it would be a good idea to try roasting at home. Yeah, yeah. Claudio M says, enjoyed this episode while brewing my morning coffee, smiley face. This was a great and informative episode. I was actually brewing my coffee that morning when listening in and learned quite a bit about the different roasting methods. As of late, I do agree with you about dark roasts. I used to like them, but now I don't have a taste for them. Just tastes bitter and burned. Yeah, great show, actually. I did enjoy this very much. I I was, um, I didn't... I'm not that I don't particularly want to roast coffee myself, but my son is very much into coffee and uh, it might be a thing he wants. So I'm going to get him to listen to it, see what he thinks, because it's um, it, it is a thing more and more people are doing at home. So it would be, would be good if you're into that type of thing. Yeah. So uh, the following day we had also related to coffee because I see your coffee images are <laughs> from. Yeah, that was. Who showed that? Just... <laughs> or, ra- or the random coffee pot? That, that was my random coffee pot. Yes. Oh, from removing EXIF data, the, the removing EXIF data from images. And then you used samples from coffee pots. Go ahead, Ork. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, um, I. It was just to demonstrate what the orientation stuff is. I, I suspect that my listeners. I'm not quite as dense as I am because I needed I needed this to be spelled out. Look, this is what it looks like if you don't do the orientation. Here's what happens when you do, and here's what happens when you take it off. So yeah, I, I need things spelled it's, out to it's me. It's fine, Dave. It's it's being hit with a hit with a brick when I was young, probably. Uh, uh, <laughs> Look, yeah. get that in your head when you learn. <laughs> so yeah, good parenting there, Dave. <laughs> I was thinking of teachers actually, but yeah, anyway, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I thought it might be helpful if people don't don't quite. And I didn't know what CW meant, rotate ninety CW, and that caused some some amusement. That um, it stands for clockwise, which yeah. suddenly dawned on me as I was. Yeah, as you were saying, doing as the I audience. was just going, "What would that be? Oh, it's probably is clockwise." And then he said, "It's probably clockwise." Anyway, some guy on the internet said, "Much respect." I never thought about the work that goes into managing show notes and images other hosts submit. Wow. Working to keep others anonymous is very admirable of you. A show to educate everyone on managing your data. Excellent work. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome and welcome. Claudio M says, thanks for the application reminder. Big thanks for reminding me about this app. I assume he means Exif tool. I actually used it yesterday to remove information from a picture I took for inclusion in a trouble ticket. Great little tool. 
It's either Exif tool or it's GM. I'm not sure which one. Yeah. Anyway, um, Daddy, find it useful. Graphics Magic, by the way, is uh, I told you, I think is where you heard it from, that Image Magic is being deprecated. But apparently, they also are now, the developers have uh, come back and started working on Image Magic. So I'm not sure about which is the best option Graphics Magic or Image Magic. No. Both have been developed. I, I actually did some research while I was doing this show and I found um, quite a number of, maybe on the Wikipedia page, saying that uh, the it, it's buggy and slow, uh, Image Magic. But um, whereas Graphics Magic was rewritten to, to be better on the various, you know, improve the failures of the other one. But uh, yeah, I didn't actually see that, that maybe Image Magic's coming back to life again. So yeah, whichever. I'm happy either way. <clears throat> and the both are pretty much compatible, except uh, I do like that the graphic magic is more self-contained, that the applications are strewn all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, Zolk said, my trouble with EXIF, we had people taking photos for profiles and work. Uh, Microsoft Shops, so Active Directory Exchange, etc. If you took a photo with your Apple device, it would always get the image sideways, but Androids would not. It looks like Apples handle the rotation differently. For example, they save the image whichever way, but keep XF data, but Android rotates the image to be up and saves it. If you're using Windows, Ifram View has a command line uh, uh, has command line commands for rotating and much, much more in the i underscore options dot text file. That is how we fix the issue. Um, Irfan View is an excellent image editor on Windows. I think I even may have done a show about it back in the day I was using Windows, which wasn't today or yesterday. Anyway, I was going. Back to the comment. I was also going to say that CW was, but I see you figured it out, smiley face. And CCW would be counterclockwise if using the American version. There you go, you see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. You, if, you, if you express ignorance, then there's, there's somebody who will come and help you out, which I think is wonderful. So thank you very much for that. And just, just, have- as, just as an aside... I'm looking at this show in a browser, and the browser is um, Pale Moon. And one of the images in this show is meant to be vertical, the top at the top, and the other one's meant to be the top at the side, and they're both the same orientation. I don't think this browser understands the orientation tag. Ha-ha. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. just, anyway, I interrupted you. So we had some uh, additional comments on previous shows. And the first one was uh, by me on a show 2015 by Lord D. And it was uh, Ken Fallon. Thank you, Lord D. Although he's passed, his wisdom continues to guide us. Very cool. And this was, uh, I needed to get some information from this episode in order to do something for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good we still have his uh, shows around to refer back to. Yep. So next what next comment was on show 1780 from um, 
El, El Mussel, who said Miss Tag. Another Tag. 2015 show, by the way. It is, it is, yes, yes. Must have been having a good look through through shows. Um, and uh, he said that the tag should be GNU PG, not GNU PGP. So I fixed the tag. I actually added the, the change to the show itself as an editor's note. So, cool. um, yep, so that, that, was, that was good. Um, and if you're listening, El Muscle, then you can send this sort of thing to admin if you'd rather not uh, post a comment because the, the comment stays forever, whereas the fix can just be done behind the scenes. Nobody should needs to know. So that, up to mm-hmm. you, up to you. Uh, 2021, um, we had a comment uh, by Bentley Sorstali, Dal, the TTS voice. I like very much the outro voice you're using. Can you tell me what was used to generate it? I found HBR just a short time ago and I have been enjoying very much listening to all the shows. Have even started thinking about uh, answering the call and recording a show myself. Not 100% sure yet. Of course you are. Go for it. Keep up the great work and thanks for your time. Manon, can you come here a minute? So, got a comment here about the outro voice. So, this is uh, how you use the outro voice text-to-speech generation. Say hello, Ken. <laughs> hello, Ken. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful! Yes, yes, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the most that's the most wonderful bit of software I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, very expensive to run, though. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, dear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, you do the next one then, shall you? Yes, yes, yes. I'm just overwhelmed by that uh, interchange. There. How I record HPR episodes, show three four nine six by Norrist and DNT comments. I use it. Thanks for this. I used this for my latest episode. Still had to go to Audacity and edit it, largely to remove a ton of ums. I also then created a new script.txt in another folder just to record a couple of bits to insert so that it would sound the same as the rest of it. We'll try and get better at writing the script and avoiding the ums so I can go straight to HBR. Great stuff. Listeners out of the community, a couple of listeners of the community knows since this show, Norris has put this in PyPy, so even easier to get it. Try it out. So this I is have um, go on. Sorry, go ahead over. No, I was just going to say that Norris had made, if if, if you know to speak to this, had made a, a script which would um, allow the a Python script which would allow. The, a simpler process of recording a show based around the sort of uh, text that you were going to be using um, so you, you could record chunks and then stick them together and uh, and there you had the whole show um, in one I didn't think at the time that I would find a use case for this but as I say that now I'm looking up at my whiteboard and since before Christmas there's a there's a show written up there, and uh, I haven't been able to get it recorded. I've tried three or four times, and I think using his method uh, might help me get that through. So I will try it one time. Yeah, yeah. I, I must give it a shot. It's, I tend to over-engineer uh, this sort of stuff when I, when no. I do it. 
<laughs> you're surprised, aren't you? Yeah, you never thought you never thought I'd be saying that. Um, but, uh, so uh, something a bit lighter might actually be more beneficial to my mental state. I don't know, or maybe to the audience. I, I one or the other. Yeah, good. Um, on my show from 2020, uh, ADB Alpha Delta Bravo Android. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Android debug, I guess. Debug, yeah. And SRC CPY, it's on my list, says Archer72. Hi, Ken, the subject is on my list to try. You should definitely do it. And last month, Archer72, we said he was, what was it, uh, the Cliff Notes. That was wrong. Archer72 is a fine distilled whiskey. That's what he is. He takes, <laughs> he takes all the crap and he distills it down into something enjoyable and relaxing. That's what he is. <laughs> yes, yes. Backpedal, yeah, backpedal, yes. backpedal. Back <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, stay on board, Archer 72. No? Don't believe <laughs> Yes, we can't be losing hosts. We can't be losing Deep hosts. Up. No, we cannot. So we had a comment yeah, yeah. on um, the Porridge Show, 3533, um, who was made by DNT, and this was from Windigo, who said, very informative. This episode was revealed that although I'd heard the term porridge before, I never realized how many of my favorite foods it encompassed. Excellent. Also, thank you for the feedback on the Opposing Views episode. It's much appreciated. That's one of Windigo's uh, previous yeah, cool. episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh, DNT commented on. So, yeah, cool. Very cool. And again, on my show, this just happens to be working out this way. Vernier Calipers. Um, Michael says, unit mismatch. Hi, Ken. Nice show. I assume your pencil is 7.5 millimeters in diameter, not 7.5 centimeters. Just stating the obvious because no one else did until now. Smiley face. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is why I'm not a mechanical engineer. I am a mechanical engineer, but I am not in the profession. Thank you very much. Well, I'm actually a production engineer, but uh, yes, uh, yes. no. Carrying that know. pencil around would have would have been a killer. <laughs> I actually had a pencil that was oddly enough seven foot. It was one a Guinness promotion uh, thing that had stuff stuck inside it. So I had it for years. <laughs> Don't know where it is now. Yeah, the kids used cool. to love it. Bit, bit hard to deploy uh, effectively, though, I would think. Put behind your ear and things like that. Yep, yep, yep. So, on to the mail list. Nothing nothing much to see here. I think I'll just ask permission to move out of show. What, what's the worst that could happen? First, uh, first uh, hi all. This is from the mailing list, which are available on the mailing list site. Hi all. One of our shows in the queue has some issues. I spoke to the host about it, and it's not clear if they want me to remove it or replace it. Uh, I think they are offline for a bit and haven't replied. Can I move the show out past community news so that the current slot can be freed up? Hopefully, this will give them time for the host to reply. To To which which Andrew Andrew replied, fine by me, Andrew Conway. Uh, Can you do Nigel's as well? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, is it a technical issue or one of content? If the latter, it might have connotations for the community to discuss, says Biza. And I replied, at the moment, it's not clear if they have officially posted the show or not, so it's not appropriate to discuss the issue at, the, at this point. The host remains the copyright holder of the content and needs to be given the opportunity to decide what they wish to do. Regards. And then X11... 
01, which is Lyle, actually. Yep, said. Yep. I'm, I'm clicking on the next message by thread, Come on, which is not the fastest way to do it. <clears throat> Plus also my, my, my old nervous system doesn't function as fast as yours. Ken, your analysis here is spot on. If you feel that there's a need to defer the posting, we're sure to clear up questions that the HPR admin team have, but are having issues contacting the host, that's totally reasonable. Given the ongoing community discussions around con- surrounding content policy, I think a lot of people would like to get more input on the situation after it's been resolved, assuming we have the host permissions to discuss it. This is from Lyle. And uh, Ron will also comment, and then I will comment. Can I do my own one okay. in these? Uh, shall I and do And then you do the other it? ones. You want me to do Ron's or, or? Yeah, please. Okay. So Ron says. Uh, in this situation, we have no information to make an informed decision. We have to trust the Janus' claim there is a technical reason to do so. The vote is basically a confirmation that we trust the Janus' judgment on what the technical reason is. If we're taking a hands-off approach to all issues to avoid any taint of censorship, then we should not postpone any shows unless the host has agreed. Following the above argument, I don't consent to move the show. Please don't take this as a lack of trust in the janitors. Well, it's logical, isn't it? Please don't take this as a lack of trust in the janitors as my first response puts much trust in them. I can see Ken's worry of just moving things without a notice, and I think moving it with a post to the mailing list that's being moved for technical reasons would give one a chance for someone would give one a chance for someone to object and two provide an audit trail if an issue of sensitive censorship does come up. Say every other post by a roan suddenly gets postponed. Smiley face, I feel at this point a vote doesn't provide much more protection from a censorship claim than just a post to the mailing list that is going to happen. Um, I'm replying to that. In this situation, no information has uh, been given for an informed decision. I say correct uh technical reasons to do so i i have trust that the janitors claim that there is a technical reason to do so i and i reread that i reread the email thread and i cannot see anywhere that i suggested that the nature of this issue was technical otherwise or otherwise i want to make it very clear that i am deliberately not saying if it's a technical decision or a content decision Vote is basically confirming the trust in the janitor's uh, judgment on what the technical reason is. No, I say no, it's allowing time for the hosts to get back to us. In response to uh, if we're taking a hands-off approach, um, taint of censorship, then we shouldn't postpone any shows unless the host has agreed. Okay, I would say... The whole point is that I cannot get in contact with the host. The last communications from them said that they would host it else uh, somewhere else so people can choose to listen if they like and they would mention it on their next hpr show my last communication to them was to ask if they will be uploading a new version of the show if we take the decision to allow the show to be released to the main feed and the host did not want to post it then they have to live with the consequences of our decision and that's not fair um Please don't take this lack of trust with the janitors. Incorrect. Do not trust them. Uh, I say, uh, I say, incorrect. Do not trust them. Uh, then audit trail. Uh, technical problems about the audit trail in this mail. I always CC the admin list on communication, so there is an audit trail. I would like more people to join the list, but due to the volume of mails, people tend to unsubscribe after a time. 
so if you want to join the list, anyone who has shown a long-term dedication to the product uh, the project and trusted by the community can become an admin. And in response to um, his comment about uh, if a show suddenly gets postponed, etc., I would say, I said, would Rowan not send an email to the mail list and ask why their show got postponed? as I did when uh, HPR started to podfade uh, at that time. I've mentioned it several times here, but just uh, there were shows in the queue, but they weren't being released. And then uh, it was obvious people needed help. So I stepped in to help. Would word not leak out that there was a question of censorship on HPR? Surely it would appear like Twitter, uh, Mastodon, IRC, Matrix, not to mention other podcasts, like it did when Tlatu mentioned on GNU World Order that I asked him to replace a scary image that he had in his avatar. In this case, you would hear from the hosts themselves as they tried to post the show on HBR but decided to move it elsewhere. So you do the next one. So this is from uh, JWP um, who says, Hey Ken, not knowing the topic makes it hard for me. Ken, I love you, man, but your thoughts are liberal and free. In my birthplace, this would be viewed as socialist or communist, which are against God and country. Having lived in Germany, I understand there are views other than that of my place of birth. I suggest that unless it fails, the newspaper test or something you would not want to tell your grandmother about should be okay. Maybe do a a double show day. Censorship in our group, unless... The above happens is not okay and puts you, Ken, and Dave in a tough spot. Yeah. To which I reply, uh, I think I understand the issue here, and correct me if I'm wrong. So the fear is the janitors have been contacting the host directly to have them self-center the shows. As we have mentioned several times on the community news, we assist hosts with their upload. This also extends to protecting hosts as much as possible. For example, preventing leaking of the host location from the show that we just reviewed. Due to our policy, we do not vet, edit, moderate, or in any way censor the audio or you submit. We trust you to do that. Issues often only come to light when we have posted the show to the future feed. For example, there might be a 10 minutes of silence in the middle of a show, but there can also be violations for some other policy or other. When we notice or are informed of issues, we will take up contact with the host to see what they wish to do. Sometimes the host will supply us with a new version, or they may ask us to release the slot so that they can upload the show later. And sometimes they do not agree with us. And when that happens, we inform them that we need to bring the issue to the mailing list, for example, like we did with the the issue, should we reject a show with copyrighted fair use slips in it. But as Rowan rightly points out, how do the community know this for certain? This is a valid concern and should be addressed. Who watches the watch, to use a Terry Pratchett reference, any thoughts or ideas? Now, I actually started off thinking, why is everybody making a big deal of me moving the show? But I completely, I completely understand the issue here now. And it's a very delicate thing. But We'll come back to that again uh, further on. So, shall we continue? So, the next response was from Norris, who said, I have no problem with the HPR admins moving shows. Todd, yeah, okay. And Dave said, uh, HTML attachment was scrubbed. 
David said, oh, makes it hard to read. I have no problem with HPR admins moving shows, line break, line break. Um, I wrote something. One of the shows, was that it? Yeah, that was it, I think. Sorry, I was just trying to find the original message. I think it was the one where he said, I think this is the key point here. I'm more than happy for the HBR admins to make decisions where it's deemed inappropriate for a show to be scheduled for technical reasons, although not for content without needing to seek permission first. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very key point to this. I think this is the key point here. I am more than happy for admins to make decisions deemed inappropriate for technical reasons, not for content reasons. So now the whole now the janitors need to make a call that's the important point okay next one rowan says i'm in agreement with dave's assessment the one we just read <clears throat> and brian also agrees with dave brian in ohio to which i reply thanks for the feedback however we do not wish to move the shows without around without the host permission for any reason the queue is there to prevent allegations of favoritism and it is succeeding in its task just some background we used to get a lot of crap about moving shows around so the nobody understood the guidelines now people pick the slots themselves that's it occasionally we will ask somebody if we can move their show um but that's you know if there's a somebody wants to put an anniversary episode out or something but that's up to them anyway Back to the comment. It is also a dangerous path to go down, allowing janitors to deem a show inappropriate to be scheduled for any reason. Even a valid technical reason could be considered censorship. When you get to defining rules for a valid technical reason, then you get to defining rules for a valid technical reason. And as we saw with the scheduling rules, they simply do not work. So the janitors will move shows with the host permission as normal, but they will always ask on the mail list where the host cannot or will not move their show. We will always provide, try to provide an explanation as we did in the past for special event pro- protests like HBR 0903 SOPA protest or anniversaries. That is not possible at this stage as the host has yet to decide what they wish to do. However, it's also not desirable to keep postponing the show's release in the main feed indefinitely. My proposal is that we schedule the show in question for Monday the 4th, uh, 18th of April, two weeks after this community news, and we will give you, the hosts, ample time to respond. If they don't, we can discuss the issue in question with the wider community on this today's episode. So do I have your consent to move the show or not? And we had a response from Andrew, Andrew Conway, who said, Ken, I agree with your reasoning about asking for permission. And as it's a rare event, it won't consume too much of your or our time. And yes, you have my approval in this instance. P.S. As you incline to reject power, I think you should be made president or prime minister or somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And Biza says, I agree with Andrew on all points, including the P.S. <laughs> Very good. And Daniel says ditto. And uh, Lyle also says I also agree. And Kevin also agrees. Stankdog replies. Do you want to do that one? Do you want me to do that one? Yep. 
Uh, he says, replying to the original book, read all the responses. I trust Ken completely. He's only taking this step for better communication with the contributor and the community. He has that much respect uh, to be open about it. Don't overthink it. Don't jump to conclusions on any reasons until the communication is complete. You may never even find out. Also, in general, all of us behind HBR believe in free speech and are against censorship. But just like forums or TV shows or websites, we must have boundaries. Again, I have no idea if there are content issues with this show that cross any of those boundaries or any sh- or any show. But don't tr- cry censorship if I or the admins, janitors, etc. choose to disallow a show that promotes hateful or illegal activity. That's not censorship. That's safety and responsibility. You must trust the system. And again, I trust ten- Ken completely. Start giving these people the benefit of the doubt and assume positive intent of the people who have been successfully running this show for several years. I'm certain that they have earned that respect. Uh, Do you want me to do JWP's response? Hateful or illegal activity, he says. Wow, that's a bit woke, whatever that means. Or the UK version of No God and Socialist. One man's hate is another one's joy. Illegal has many faces, too. If you live... In a dry country, would a show about homemade beer be illegal? If you think the first black woman nominated to the Supreme Court is or is not qualified, is that hate speech? What about transgender athletes? Pro or con hate speech? KDE versus XFCE, is that hate speech? What about COVID or abortion? It all fits under hateful. It's too wide a net for Ken and Dave to censor. Far better to make fellow... A follow-up show if you disagree, JWP. Um, then uh, Carl says, here's what I'm hearing so far. One, our current janitors are doing a good job and we trust them to make decisions that are in the best interest of the podcast and the community. Two, everybody, including the janitors, will prefer a clear objective process that does not depend on trust. Three, the current process is to reach out to the contributing host after the show is posted in the future feed if there are potential issues with it. Uh, five, f- four, if the contributing host cannot be reached, the mailing list we ask for permission will show temporarily until the contributing host responds. The mailing list is not asked to make a judgment about the potential issue. Correct. Five, there is an open question that constitutes a potential issue and whether the reach out to a host itself constitutes censorship or at least a chilling effect. I feel discussing this is important, but what that answers, answering the question of temporarily moving the show is pressing and needs an answer. Given that the janitors are following the current process, my answer is yes, move the show. As for the rest of us, feel free to continue debating whether the process needs altering, smiley, I think it's a healthy discussion that benefits the community and ideally allows the janitors to eventually hand over all their duties and retire should they wish to do so. Yes, that's our job. Sure, secure in the knowledge that the process will safeguard both the podcast and the community for decades to come. Brilliant. Yes, I want to replace ourselves with a script, Dave. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I've already done it actually. But there. Um, so, oh, the next one. I'll is do the next one. Yeah. You. Yep. I have just opened a different thread about how best to audit the work of the janitors. Moving this show is indeed becoming an issue and needs to be done this weekend. The initial suggestion was to move it to the 18th. I suggest some people that object. I ha- suggest 
some of the people that objected to the move are those who have concerns about the process contact me directly. I can walk them through the chain of events and they can report back to the list if they believe that they, uh, on two, two points, point number one, if they believe that the decisions taken by the janitors, me in this case, were in good faith, and two, if they agree with the course of action suggested. Uh, so those are the two points. They would, of course, be bound to the same rules of constant confidentiality that I am. Volunteers. And then Stank replies. Yes. Um, he says, lol, at woke, you don't know me very well. If it helps, your examples are mostly acceptable to me. I would argue against some of them on the grounds that they are not hacking, technology or culture related, not even loosely. I defended allowing the COVID alternative treatment episodes last year when the woke mob were trying to censor that one. And I suggested a follow-up show as a counterpoint exactly as you suggested. So yeah, I still say nothing illegal and stand by that. I can't even think of an example, but we will bring it up if we see it. It will be a transparent decision just like Ken is doing now. Okay, I said uh, the host has got back in touch with me after being away for a few weeks without internet access. We now have permission to remove the show. I have brought this thread to their attention. I am producing a report into the chain of events that took place. I have requested the community members who expressed concern about moving the show to review it with the goal to reporting back to the list with their opinions on the matter. And And I also said, uh, thanks, Dave. I removed the show in the other news. We appear to have a call for open shows. Is there one missing? Dave Lee wrote, Oh, oh, yeah, this is... Oh, yeah. Let me do... Can you do Dave's first, and then I'll do yeah. mine, because it came out I'm of just, order. I'm just finding Dave's... Uh, he, he seems to be sending HTML mail, um, which is being removed by uh, Mailman. So I'm reading the original. Sure. Luckily, we were in, I didn't say anything, and we could do a truncate silence on this. Sorry for the repost, my mail client. <laughs> isn't clever enough to realize which email address I wanted to send this from. Oh, I know what happened there. Yeah, he he sent it from the wrong wrong uh, address, which wasn't on the list or something. Hi, everyone. Ken has kindly shared with me the details surrounding this particular episode. I understand Ken's reluctance to publicize the full detail of this time due to the potential impact on the individuals involved. This situation is not as straightforward as it might appear on the surface, but this is not a simple case of censorship. It's my opinion that Ken's dealings with this have been completely on point, and I'm in full support of his actions. As the host has agreed to, and in fact they offered, the removal of the episode from being published on HPR, that is what I recommend is done. Many thanks, Dave. And I said, thanks, Dave. I removed the show. In other news, we have a call for show open. Thank you to Katorato. Added, moved up on my special little list there. HBR stickers coming your way. And then Carl says, HBR. Yeah, firehead, yeah. Okay. It seems clear to me that HBR policies were followed meticulously. And beyond that, the communication with the host was amicable and sought to encourage contributing the titular content of the show. I'd scarcely consider it chilling, let alone censorship, on the part of HPR. Utmost consideration, and this is Lane Carl Hammond. 
can you jump forward to uh, Zoke's one um, so that we can round this off? It's further down. It's under the heading My Thoughts Underlaying Shows by Zoke. Once you're in a thread, it's hard to get out of the damn thread. Hold on a sec. Yep, got it. Um, so Zoke says, we don't censor shows ever. However, should something come up, we can delay shows in certain circumstances and then immediately inform the mailing list. E.g., if a show regarding a subject comes up, then a tragedy occurs regarding that subject, the show can be delayed for 60 days. If the host may not have wanted the show to be released, the show can be delayed 30 days or until the host confirms, whichever is sooner. On a personal note, I don't think anything was done wrong here. There were concerns they were raised in the mailing list. It was open and public, not discussed in the hushed whispers, not discussed in hushed whispers behind closed doors. Cheers, Zog. Oh, P.S. Yes, Ken, I'm working on another episode. I screwed the audio up and need to redo it. Oh, the noise gave set too high. Half my words are cropped. <laughs> All been there. Yep. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, I replied back to this. Um, uh, commenting on where Zoak said, we don't censor shows ever. I replied, I wasn't going to reply to this, uh, but it bothered me so much that I can't sleep. The world is just not as clear cut as that. It's all very well saying we don't censor shows ever when you're not the one going to be on the receiving end of a lawsuit. Now we've got two sections here. First is personal implication for the janitors. And by janitors, I also mean um, Josh, yourself, myself, and and whoever posts the show, but also Josh and Stank, who owns the domains. Josh is uh, the hosting company. Anyway, the janitors have already refused to publish a show before on copyright grounds for fear of prosecution. The hosts preferred not to remove it, and we both brought it to the attention of the mailing list. In the end, the host decided that they would remove the offending material, and I linked to... HPR, should we reject a show and copyrighted fair use clip in it? I go on to say, I just saw this YouTube video. Why is this sound illegal to play? And a link to it. It's about a video. It's about an emergency tone that uh, is illegal in the US. What if a host uploads a show with the EAS tone in it? I'm sure as hell not going to pony up the $5,000 to 1.9 million fine that the FCC dishes out. Link to uh, the Wikipedia article. Second section, personal implication for the hosts. Sometimes a host may unknowingly include some material in the show that would expose them to undesirable consequences. What if they accidentally record a show where their partner can be heard giving out credit card or social security number in the background? What if their same-sex partner came in to kiss them goodnight, but they had not yet come out publicly as being gay? What if they take a call from their boss and they go on a 20-minute rant to their partner about how big a plunker their boss is and ends with a, oh, I need to remember to remove that? A fine community we would be if we just blindly sat back and did not protect our hosts. To be clear, None of these were the case here. But if we spot an issue, we have a duty to allow the host to fix it. If the host wants it fixed, then it's not my or your place to decide for them either legally or morally. That's if they want it fixed. All I can say is that if there's anything that falls outside what we all all agreed, then I will try to get clarification from the community. What is an issue 
is the possibility that we were doing this in bad faith. And that's why we need some form of oversight. So to summarize, it's the host's show. So it's their choice to want to publish or not. It is my choice to not publish it if I'm going to be the one left holding the bag. In that case, the mail list will be informed with as much detail as possible. And the oversight can help here. Putting fixed timelines is not responsible. To take the case of the copyrighted fair use clips above, I would not have published the show, so the community would need time to have arranged for somebody else to take over the running of HBR, transferring all the domains, setting up access lists, etc., etc., etc. So as Stankdog says, all of us behind HBR believe in free speech and are against censorship, but we all need to accept that free speech is not always without cost. We are all free to decide what we are willing to pay, but we are not free to impose that decision on others. Yep. Very good. So then I replied back, uh, this is the other um, thing that we need to do, uh, another thread, auditing the janitors. Hi all, I'd like to suggest a new thread about the need to provide oversight into the work of the janitors. My initial suggestion is that we have an auditor from the community join the admin channel for the purposes of monitoring the work. This should be a rotating position so that the person people don't become part of the team. They could then report to the mailing list or the community news when they feel that there is anything that is not above board. Anyone got any better ideas? So Carl Hammond, uh, Lander replied, this seems like a reasonable approach to me. I'd encourage a select a host from a randomly ordered list, but allow it to decline, allow, allow them to decline and pick next over and ask for volunteers or community vote approach, as it's easier to demonstrate an absence of bias. The question of how often does it rotate deserves an answer balancing the the toil of the janitors in reaching out to potentially many hosts who decline against having one order to serve too long. Monthly feels burdensomely often and yearly feels like a long time. Perhaps quarterly? They could then report to the mail list or on community news. They feel there's anything that's... Yeah, that's... Uh, so above board here meaning according to current policy as decided by the mailing list. Anyone got any better ideas? I most certainly don't have a better idea. Humblest admiration, Lander. And Mike says, I've got a better idea. How about we start remembering that this is a podcast, not Goldman Sachs. I don't mean to be cheeky or aggressive, but the mention of auditors, is that not going a bit far? You've not going to be fined for non-compliance or underpaying corporation tech if indeed anybody anywhere actually pays corporation tax anymore. And I replied, Hi Mike, please take this seriously. You have no idea the amount of money that janitors have to deal with. Only yesterday we had a Nigerian prince offer us 15 million American dollars, not to mention an ongoing issue we have with the UN Secretary General who is having a problem with his bank account. Mike, Mike Ray says, you're quite right. I had no idea there was any money involved at all. Any thoughts about GDPR? <laughs> Hit me with a stick, Mike, why don't you? Okay, that was, uh, that was rough, but we're through it, I hope.
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, not the most fun <laughs> section. No. And also this month, not only this, but other stuff as well, uh, averaging about two to three hours a day on HBR stuff. Yeah, anyway, there you go. Hi, folks. Well, what do you know? I've recently installed the newest version of NVIDIA, uh, NVDA, not NVIDIA, NVDA open source screen reader for Windows, and it now uses eSpeak NG for new generation. I don't know how new generation it is. On Linux, there are still problems with it responding to the stop command, and the build system is a bit of a mess. But there are some new voices. The default voice variant is Max, uh, is even is the one every photon dependent <laughs> one of you moans about. Uh, but I have fallen in love with the new voice called Edward Two. Is it is lovely and it is still uh, features eSpeak's small footprint. No bloatware, unlike Mary TTS and the like. eSpeak continues to be the light enough to run on even the first generation of Raspberry Pi. I listened to the Open TTS HBR episode a few nights ago, so I cloned the repository because I thought I might be able to write an eSpeak Linux console screen reader to Open TTS connector based on eSpeak, but Open TTS fail the build. I will go back to it when I get a chance, but don't get much spare time at the moment. Just thought you might like to hear me banging on about eSpeak again, but this time not in a not so snarky way. Very good, Mike. And I this is me again, Ken speaking. That would be good, actually, because uh, while the text-to-speech at the front and back, or at the front, not the back, at the front of our episodes is uh, nice, it is very, very slow uh, to generate. Even that little piece of text can take to two to three minutes to generate. So, and that's fine producing shows. It's not that big a deal. But uh, uh, when I do screen reading here during the day, uh, reading mails from the mail list, uh, I pipe it through eSpeak. So a nicer voice would be cool. So I look forward to having that available to me on my Linux desktop at some point. Cool. Um, so should I do Yaron, Yaron's yeah, uh, reply, which he says, this is Yaron Button saying, while on this subject, I'm really curious what voice was used to make episode 3558. Can someone tell? And I replied um, with the answer, Synthesisian Open TTS EN. And we had an offline conversation about that where I pointed them back to the uh, original poster who posted it. Oh, cool. Very good. Go for it. Any other business, perhaps, Dave? So, yes, any other business. Um, sorry, I was just floundering about in my old man's uh, strange interface. <laughs> Shall to, I do that to, one? To and uh, you can do the older shows thing. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So we had a report of access problems from Argentina. And uh, the, we were able to get to them, but they weren't able to get back to us. Um, no, we were able to get to them from other locations, but not from the HPR server, and they weren't able to get to us. So there was a so there was a routing issue that was fixed, but then now appears not to be fixed anymore. So if anyone has uh, or notices those things, notices the lack of HPR or access at some point in the future, please try and contact us, will you? That would be great. Not that there's a lot we can do about it, but. 
You can troubleshoot from this side as well. It's pretty grim. I haven't heard uh, anything further about the situation. Maybe it's resolved itself again. Or been resolved. um, Just on the janitor thing, there's a lot of stuff that we do, uh, both on the mailing lists and stuff. So it would be no harm to have somebody just having a third party eye on it that could join us on the HBR shows to give us a, you know, in other news. Uh, be that a janitor or a monitor or a friend of the network. Absolutely. Yep. Go for it, Dave. So the other, any other business is about the older HBR shows on archive.org. And this is to report that, um, although I said the last community news that we had issues with shows one to three, um, those have now been resolved. And one, to th- one and two had been blocked by there being existing non-HPR items from over eight years ago with the same names, HPR 0001 and 2. And um, I managed to get some help uh, with that particular one from Jason Scott of the Internet Archive, whose, whose name cool, appeared cool. in the history of that uh, of those items. And he very kindly... Uh, shifted them out of the way so that they didn't block us anymore. Then show three seemed to have been an early attempt to upload blocks of shows. I'm not quite sure who did this. A lot of names associated with them. Well, yeah, that name wasn't against it. But anyway, whatever. Um, It contained uh, the audio for shows one to nine, but no notes or anything. So I cleared it out. Uh, removed all the audio from it and then rebuilt it as a standard show with notes, etc. Because one to nine were already available as individual shows. So, uh, so that's it. So, um, I think I can consider at least this aspect of the project of uploading old shows to to be complete. Yay! So whoopee! Excellent. <laughs> you have no idea the amount of work that was, people. Brilliant. Well done, Dave. Thank you very much. It well was, done. Uh, it was an interesting challenge. I'm quite glad to, to finish that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does look fantastic, actually, the whole uh, the archive.org stuff. Just the layout of everything is is top-notch over there. Cool. I've been thinking we should probably do something. This is where now I get you to do the next project that's going to take you five years. <laughs> <laughs> we've fixed all the HTTPS stuff we've posted everything to archive.org we've tagged all the shows now we need to go back and fix all the show notes <laughs> yes yes. well there is a further project that I'm well aware of and that is that uh, at some point during the upload process my fan heat has just come on can you hear it? no, no? no that's fine um, the, at some point in that history uh, I started making sure that the uploading software searched each show for all of the the assets, as I call them. You know, any any other files, uh, photographs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and uploading those as well. Because originally we didn't do that; we simply pointed back at the mm-hmm. HBR site. So there are I have a history of all the the shows that have had the uh, these files uploaded where where appropriate of course um, yeah. and also those that don't should have had but don't have them so there's a task there to go through and upload those extra files 
for these, these shows. I don't think there's a huge lot of them, but uh, 50 maybe, something like that. I haven't, don't have a real number. That was just a guess. So, yeah. Um, but then, yeah, cool. we want to we want to find all the dead links and fix them up as well. And yeah, yeah. there's always <laughs> stuff to be done. It's never ending. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I guess. Yeah. Looking forward to a boring month, Dave. <laughs> Alrighty. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public. Radio. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.